Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the America's Community Voices Network. Don and I are very pleased to welcome a very special guest. He is one of the most dynamic elected officials in the state of Florida. He's our own county commissioner. His name is Kevin Beckner. Before I introduce Kevin, uh, Commissioner Beckner, I want to give you some information about him for those of you who are not familiar with Commissioner Beckner. He has been a champion for at-risk children and their families. He created the Juvenile Justice Task Force, whose mission is to help at-risk youth become more productive citizens within our community. He continues to promote fiscal responsibility, sustainable growth, with respect for environment and transparency in government, as well as advocating for multimodal transportation systems. As a part of his duties as a county commissioner, Commissioner Beckner currently serves on the following boards and councils, Chairman of the Hillsborough County Environmental Protection Commission, Arts Council, Children's Board, Hillsborough Area Regional Transit Authority, Metropolitan Planning Organization, and Public Safety Coordinating Council. He has been a commissioner since uh, for eight years now, uh, since 2008. And I want to say to you, good morning, Commissioner Beckner. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Ron. It's a pleasure to be here. Commissioner Beckner, uh, one of the things I like to do whenever I get someone like you who has achieved a lot and is currently uh, doing so much for the community and in their own profession is to ask, how did Kevin Beckner become commissioner, Kevin Beckner? Well, Ron, when I uh, moved down here into Florida, in, um, and actually it was in 1998, and I started, and I came from the Chicago area, and I started paying attention to what was going on in government. Um, I started getting, I, I, it disturbed me a little bit about what the government here was focusing on. Uh, coming from Chicago, we had a very robust uh, transportation system. Um, we, it was a very diverse uh, cultural um, city, and uh, it just seemed like there were a lot of aspects that were missing. And as I started paying attention more and more, um, of what our government was doing, uh, I really felt like they were taking um, the, the county in the wrong direction. Instead of focusing on issues like transportation and uh, growth management and things that were really important uh, to the people, they were really focused on divisive issues that uh, created a divided board. Um, the board became um, and was at that time really politically partisan. And so um, I really didn't think like they were uh, really doing what they were supposed to be doing. And so as I complained, uh, like so many others complained, uh, um, and I started talking with other elected officials, they, uh, they told me, well, Kevin, if you want to see change, you should become part of the change. And so uh, my background is, is a, uh, as a certified financial planner, and so as one of the, the, uh, the main duties of county commissioners overseeing the budget, it kind of fit pretty well with, with um, uh, what my background um, was and um, decided in uh, 2007 I was going to run for office, and that's what we did. So, Commissioner, when you decided to run, you were elected on your first attempt? Yes. Yeah, I ran countywide in uh, 2008, and we actually had a, a very uh, uh, well-focused grassroots um, organization that we put together at a kitchen cabinet, and then we ended up recruiting um, over 400 volunteers, and we came together and and um, canvassed uh, parts of the county, raised a good amount of money, and uh, we unseated an incumbent that was in office. 
can you tell me what it means to be uh, a public servant? Because obviously you came from a background where you were you were in private in the private sector. How has that changed your life and your and your outlook and, and your goals? Well, Ron, I really think that public service uh, is a uh, it's a commitment that you make to your community and 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 or your country. And it's just it's a way to serve your community. It's a way to serve it, serve your country um, and or state, uh, depending upon the role that you select. And so I believe uh, many times uh, public service is a calling. Uh, I don't uh, view it as a profession or something that you should uh, be doing um, as a necessarily a career unless you are able to um, provide and, and uh, um, really focus on issues where you can make a difference. And so I've really uh, loved what I've been able to do in the county commission. Um, we have a great commission that we that uh, right now, and uh, it's been an absolute pl- pleasure to serve uh, the, um, all the citizens of Hillsborough County over the last six years. You talk about uh, transparency being so critical and important to you uh, as an elected official, and I, I strongly believe in that also. And it's very important for government to be transparent so that the citizens – uh, that the government officials serve, that they are able to make sure that we're 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 making informed decisions when we vote for them, as well as well as when we come down and advocate whatever positions we want to advocate uh, regarding policy. Can you tell me? Can you talk about transparency? Can you talk about the responsibilities of elected officials as well as the responsibilities of citizens as it relates to transparency? Yeah, absolutely, Ron. Um, transparency really is about operating um, to the fullest extent in what Florida calls the sunshine. Um, so we have sun, sunshine laws and statutes that require that uh, our activities as it relates to policy making um, is uh, in an appropriate form and it's in a public setting. And so I believe that uh, to the extent possible that um, all of our conversations and all of our actions um, are done on record. Um, whether it's in uh, via email, whether it's via um, the telephone, um, in a way that a, the public can actually, um, at their interests, uh, actually see how decisions were derived. And uh, to do that is sometimes it's challenging in the environment that, that we work in, but I think it should be uh, a long-term goal and standard that we should have and as much as possible uh, making sure that all, all of our uh, activities are able to be viewed and scrutinized by the public. Now, I don't believe, sometimes I really do believe that uh, we as citizens and as voters are not doing our job to help you all do a better job. And what I mean by that is that sometimes, and I know you're one of those people that are elected in our county, one of the few that really do outreach to try to find out uh, the pulse, what the pulse of the community is. But for the most part, how critical it is, is it that we be participating in the process and making sure that you are aware of certain th- things that are occurring in the community that may be an issue or a problem or that you guys just simply need to know? Yeah, what uh, what many people I think sometimes fail to realize is that the local elected officials have probably one of the gr- the, the greatest impacts on um, on their on their daily lives. I mean, we set policy, we control uh, tax rates and bases, and um, you, you know, um, in the school system, the uh, the school board obviously sets uh, policy for our kids. So we have one of the greatest impacts, and and I must say that what we do isn't always uh, glamorous. 
it's not always exciting. It's kind of boring. It's it's um, uh, pretty much nuts and bolts. But again, it really uh, has the greatest influence on everyone's daily life. And so uh, I have strived since my time in office to um, to get as many people involved and informed of what we're doing in government. Uh, I have a monthly newsletter that comes out. Uh, once a month we go into a different district and we have uh, community office hours where people can, can come in there and uh, learn uh, what's going on in government. They can also discuss any concerns that they might have in their neighborhoods or community. And uh, as much as possible, we try to be out and in touch with the community. Um, like I said, it's just so extraordinarily important that people pay attention to uh, the individuals that they, that they elect into local office. Um, because many times uh, uh, individuals on a partisan basis may elect somebody for partisan reasons and really not understand that their values may not be fully aligned with the people that they um, are elected. So um, at every turn that I can, I encourage people to get involved with the process. Okay, Commissioner, I'm going to turn it over to my brother Donald, and he has a question. Good morning, Commissioner. Okay. How are you? Good morning, Donald. How are you? you? I'm good. I wanted to let you know that um, I'm a fan of the Hillsborough uh, Board of County Commissioners. I'm one of those geeks that watch it, watch the replay on the government <laughs> channel on Saturday mornings. And, and in, in doing so, one of the things that I learned and didn't know is just how much you guys do for this county and for government and making sure all the citizens have an equal chance to have a, a, a decent life. In, in this area, uh, I'm amazed at what you do. Uh, I tend to watch when there are, are, are items that are of, of interest to me, mm-hmm. but I do watch and, and I learn more about how this government operates in Hillsborough County. So I wanted to commend you and the rest of the commissioners on the job that you do. Well, thank you very much, Don. And number one, uh, thank you for paying attention. And uh, I'm glad that it's Saturday morning and not uh, um, 11 or 12 o'clock at night. Um, that might cause me a little bit more concern. But uh, we do have uh, we do air our programs on HTV, and they're rerun, so uh, people have the opportunity uh, to pay attention. And um, you know, it is amazing. And I, that's the one thing that I found extraordinary getting into this position is that you really don't realize how much uh, uh, we do as a county. Um, the basic services that we provide, everything from water to sewer, we handle the transportation issues. You know, as the, com- as the uh, commissioner, again, as I mentioned before, we set the budget, um, which is slightly under $4 billion. And uh, we provide children's services. We provide senior services, um, parks and recs. I mean, so much is, is, is uh, handled by the county. It's just it's amazing at the amount of things um, yeah, once you get in this job, you realize that we do something that that I certainly didn't realize when I first got into this position. Well, uh, let, let's change subjects because I want to sort of talk about some of the things that you've championed uh, during your tenure on the board. Uh, the first thing I'm, I'm interested in discussing is that juvenile justice task force. Can you give us some uh, details about that and, and what's its current status and how how has it progressed? Sure. Um, one of the, my larger concerns when I uh, got into this um, position and I became a member of the Juvenile Justice Board, I really started realizing um, that there was something very disturbing about the statistics in Hillsborough County. We were one of the highest um, counties uh, for incarceration 
rates in the state of Florida. We had one of the highest uh, juvenile arrest rates in the state of Florida, and we also had one of the highest rates of juveniles that were transferred into the adult system. Um, it, it, that concerns me for, for one aspect is that I realize and understand um, that as part of my background as a uh, police officer that uh, many kids do not have the same opportunity that uh, other kids have. Um, they, are, they have home circumstances and personal circumstances that are beyond uh, their control, and many of them don't grow up in a good environment. And so it's my belief that we need to make sure that kids have the opportunities for success in our community. And uh, we, we found that children um, at, the, uh, at a very early age, when they're having difficulties at home or if there's issues, for instance, like abuse or other uh, dysfunction inside the family, they begin acting out. Um, it might start as skipping school. It may involve um, a small petty retail theft. And then many times it graduates into um, larger offenses and crimes. And sometimes it turns violent. So if we do not uh, address those issues early on in the childhood, then there are, those kids will get caught in the revolving door of the criminal justice system. And so uh, the Juvenile Justice Task Force was formed to look at the ways that we can hold children accountable for their actions but most importantly, we wanted to find alternatives uh, to arrest. Um, when a child or anybody um, is arrested, it has an extraordinary impact on their life forever, um, from their uh, ability to get an education, for their ability to serve in the military, get a good-paying job. An arrest record um, can completely um, alter that person's life forever. And so when we were looking at the statistics at um, – the, uh, the types of crimes that most juveniles were committed, 70% of them were, were misdemeanors. Um, and although, you know, that we, I don't consider them victim, victimless crimes, um, they were uh, of a nonviolent nature. And um, many of them, again, involved um, incidences like, like theft and, um, um, and getting into uh, fights at school, et cetera. Uh, so we looked at a program that um, was successful in the school system called Civil Citation. And what that, what that program does is that um, kids that have not committed a crime before, and it's a misdemeanor, and again, a nonviolent misdemeanor um, and, non, and not drug-related, um, they get an opportunity to uh, make restitution for their actions, um, and if they com successfully complete the program, then they don't have an arrest record. And, um, and so we have, uh, uh, we launched that program countywide back in 2011. And to date, we have uh, served nearly 2,000 kids with a 93% uh, success ratio. Um, so it's making sure that we can address issues that come in a child's life very early on and try to get them on the right track uh, before they uh, get caught in the revolving door of the criminal justice system. So that's kind of been the whole purpose of the task force. Um, its, it's main uh, services now have been blended into the Juvenile Justice Board, and we are in the process of uh, reviewing um, the processes of the Civil Citation Program, looking at potential um, uh, other offenses that we might be able to expand 
and finding different ways that we can also enhance the services that we provide to children and families. Um, so that, in a very uh, short nutshell, is kind of where we're at with uh, with the work around the Juvenile Justice Task Force. Well, it seems to me, from what, what you just described, that you the, the Board of County Commissioners recognize that there may be some disparities in in in, in, our, in our in our lives, and that you're do, trying to do something to help uh, these these at-risk youth uh, sort of have a, a level playing ground in which they can they can they can achieve something, they can accomplish something. What what's your take on disparities? Do you believe that that's something that that might be there? Oh, I, I absolutely believe that it's there. Um, and we know where it, it's the greatest disparity, obviously, are in places um, that have economic um, disparity, where there uh, are low um, uh, employment rates, and um, we're in areas where there's a large amount of kids that are truant from school. And, and so, again, a lot of this are, is the product of an environment. And kids uh, don't have a choice when they come into this world of who their parents are or what their home situation is necessarily like. So I believe it's up to each and every one of us to make sure that we do what we can as a community to, uh, to assist these kids to get them on the right track. And, um, and so that's what my uh, approach has always been, is a more upfront approach and looking at ways that we can get our kids and families the right services that they need um, so that um, they can become productive citizens. But there's no, there's no doubt that there is uh, disparity. Commissioner, as a follow-up on this track, this is Ronald. Um, <laughs> recently, at least I've noticed over the last 30 to 45 days, there's been increased violence, particularly with guns, in East Tampa. Um, how does the commission... Uh, interact with this, with, with what's going on. Uh, I know that law enforcement officials are, are the primary, are the primary people to respond. But what does the commission do in terms of responding to this type of thing? We are actually focused on, and I chair a um, group now called Safe and Sound Hillsboro, um, which is a violence prevention collaborative. And what we have been working on um, for nearly the last 20 months. Um, is a strategic plan to uh, address the issue of violence uh, before it happens. Um, what most people, I, I think, they fail to, to realize and understand is that violence can be, pre it can be prevented. Um, I view it, and many experts view it, as a public health issue. And um, so we have put together a strategic plan that we're actually in the phases of implementing right now um, with a... Um, a, uh, a group out of California that has been uh, successful in helping 26 other communities and across the country uh, reduce violence. In some cases, like in, in New Orleans, in Minneapolis, in L.A., um, as much as 46% uh, of violent crime has been um, reduced. And so uh, what we are committed to is working with a community and working with um, uh, different uh, facets of the community, from the faith-based community to the uh, education um, members in the community to the health uh, individuals, law enforcement, all of the major uh, players in the community and stakeholders. Um, we have all come together as a collaborative, 
and uh, to put together this plan, and that will actually, um, people can uh, view that at www.hillsboroughcounty.org um, under Safe and Sound, and they can see some of the work um, that we have uh, have done and uh, some of the things that'll be that they'll be expecting to see coming up. Sounds like you're trying to create an environment among all of the stakeholders of informed decision making, so that uh, everyone understands what it takes to prevent crime by making informed decisions. Am I correct in saying that, or is it different? Yes, yeah, uh, and and you know, because a lot of times, you know, we have we have put the burden of crime prevention on law enforcement, and mm-hmm. um, law enforcement has done a phenomenal job in our county and um, in um, reducing the amount of crime and responding to crime. Um, however, it takes a whole entire community to come together to further reduce the amount of violence. Um, law enforcement can only do so much. We, there are socioeconomic issues, there are education issues, there are health issues that must be addressed um, to uh, further reduce the amounts of violence in our community. And so uh, in partnership as a community, we are very focused on um, being on the forefront and, uh, and taking some of the learnings from other communities and bringing them here um, to uh, prevent violence before, before it ever happens. Um, but uh, like I said, it takes a whole entire community to be able to do that. Now, Commissioner, uh, I, I, one of the things I saw on your resume is also that you were responsible for uh, regulating and shutting down abusive pain clinics. Can you talk about that and give us a status report as to where we are now in Hillsborough County to relate to those pain clinics? Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, this goes back to uh, 2009 and 10. Um, we had a, an incredible epidemic of uh, overdoses from prescription pills. And uh, what we had found um, and law enforcement had identified is that through loopholes in the laws, um, there were, um, in essence, prescription pills that were being, um, in essence, sold um, from homes and um, doctors would would write out prescriptions um, and over over prescribe on uh, certain opiates and other uh, prescription drugs that uh, sent us again to uh, um, uh, having a um, uh, one of the highest rates of drug overdoses in the state. And so um, I worked with law enforcement to uh, come up with an ordinance that it would allow and give and, and give and empower them um, to close some of the the loopholes so that um, we could shut some of those pill mills down and um, I don't know what the latest uh, statistics are, but the last time when we looked at this it uh, shut down roughly about fifty seven percent of the illicit pain um, uh, clinics that were were out there. And so um, the, uh, the amount of overdoses are continuing to decrease. We have also uh, put together the, um, a chapter of the Narcotics Overdose Prevention Education um, uh, Program called NOPE, and that also helps educate kids um, about the, the dangers of prescription drugs, and that's actually enforced and going into our schools. And so, uh, like I said, we've seen a decrease, but prescription drug overdoses is certainly still an issue with inside our community. 
Commissioner, you told us about your background in law enforcement, and I, I noticed that you were responsible for creating the Hillsborough County First Responders Fallen Heroes Fund and Memorial Tribute. Can you tell us about that, please? Yeah, our law, our both law enforcement and all of our first responders, um, they obviously give a tremendous amount um, every day. I mean, we talk about public service. It's um, serving in the military and certainly um, being a first responder is one of the, the highest levels of public service that you can give because every day you put your life on the line not knowing if you're going to uh, to come home or not. And so I wanted to make sure that um, as uh, our law enforcement and as our first responders, as they made those types of sacrifices, that um, in the event that uh, someone died in the line of duties that their family um, was given in at least a uh, sufficient amount of money um, to be able to handle some of the uh, initial expenses. Many times um, when um, there is a death, it takes a long time to get processed um, insurances and other uh, financial uh, matters. And as a certified financial planner, I, have exper I had experiences firsthand working with clients that's that the number one um, question that people have when there's a tragedy like that is, is I'm, am I going to be financially okay? And so uh, we wanted to make sure that we were able to provide that for our first responders. So um, when one of our first responders, it doesn't matter if it's in the city of Tampa or anywhere in Hillsborough County, is killed in the line of duty, um, there is a $100,000 benefit that is paid to the um, uh, beneficiary survivors. And then also, uh, we recognize uh, forever their service on a virtual uh, memorial. Um, so you can go online and you can uh, see all the fallen heroes in Hillsborough County. Um, and we built a history of, of everyone. And, and again, when someone dies in the line of duty, then um, part of it is their family can build a memorial tribute uh, on that site and put their own spe special pictures and uh, tributes to their, to their loved ones. Now, Commissioner Beckton, one thing that I was not aware of, I only thought this happened on crime television shows, but it, it also indicates in your resume that you led the effort to create the first in the state of Florida legislation to stop insurance fraud via staged auto accidents. How prevalent was that in Hillsborough County? Um, again, interestingly enough, we were one of the, uh, just right behind Miami, um, we were number two in the state of Florida for um, uh, staged auto accidents, which involved uh, PIP insurance fraud. And uh, what, w interestingly enough, um, these were just not uh, ind any uh, ordinary individuals. This was, this, were, this was actually a crime syndicate um, that was running. And uh, the way it would work is that uh, the syndicate would involve uh, two individuals. They would hire two individuals to have an accident, and typically they were given $500 each. And then um, they would uh, get into an, into an accident, um, typically a minor accident. Law enforcement would come out there, take the report, and then they would take that information to a, uh, a, a targeted um, pain clinic. And um, the uh, and this, of course, the clinic in, was uh, was involved in the racket, and they would fill out um, fraudulent insurance claims for. Um, massage therapy and all sorts of other uh, medical uh, procedures that were never that were uh, never completed, and then um, they would uh, make claim against the uh, the ten thousand dollar limit on the PIP um, insurance policy. And what would happen is that many times they would they would have a um, uh, seven eight 
nine individuals in a car, and so they would then make claims against uh, for ten thousand dollars for each one of those individuals, and so they many times are racking up um, seventy to a hundred thousand dollars in claims, and um, and this uh, these groups were linked to. Um, there were some that were linked to uh, uh, groups in Colombia that would also uh, were involved with the drug trade, with um, uh, human uh, solicitation and prostitution, and it was amazing, amazing crime network that um, this type of operation would uh, would fund. And so we actually um, uh, became the first county to create an ordinance to, um, again, similar to what we did with pill mills, close some of the loopholes and allow law enforcement to go in there and uh, shut these uh, these clinics and these operations down. And so um, we have now the last report that I had seen, um, well over 70% of those clinics are gone um, from Hillsborough County, and many of them have shifted into other um, counties. Uh, the state uh, following and following us came up with uh, statewide le- legislation that that helped to some extent, but they still it leaves a lot of loopholes that still need to be filled. Um, but uh, we took action as a county, and um, you know, and again, that's part of our jobs as as local leaders to do that. All right, Commissioner, we have about 15 minutes left, so I wanted to make sure that uh, I like that we don't keep you as long uh, too long, but. I want to cover something that I believe has been so critically important in our country as well as in the state of Florida, and that is, uh, as as of January, equal marriage laws in which um, anyone who loves someone else can be married and have equal treatment under the law. Can you talk about the process that occurred not only within Hillsborough County government but throughout the state of Florida and how we achieved this, uh, what I believe one of the most important uh, civil rights achievements in the last 10, 15 years? Yeah, of course, the uh, the issue of uh, marriage equality, that was achieved through the uh, court processes, and there were several cases across um, the state of Florida. Um, and uh, where that is right now, just a, in a, a brief nutshell, is that um, the um, 11th Circuit Courts of Appeal has, has refused to hear any further repeal, appeals from the state. Um, so we are expecting that in um, June the Supreme Court will have the final say, and hopefully by that time uh, marriage equality will be uh, prevalent in all 50 states. Right now um, it's uh, now 37 with uh, Alabama. It was just picked up um, the other day. Uh, but it is it's so important to the fabric of our society um, that individuals who love one another are able uh, to get married. And... And I think that's probably, um, you know, we have, as a society, of course, uh, we have uh, put uh, individuals in boxes. And, um, you know, any time when something changes in our culture, it can, um, you know, it can be a, a shock to some individuals. Um, but the, uh, the basic core fabric of our, um, of our community and of the family unit, I think, is, is really secured through marriage. And so that um, what uh, what started under the uh, the president, um, uh, you know, back uh, a few years ago, uh, you know, I think really has uh, created um, amazing snowball effect across the country. You know, I think we can give credit to our president that he really um, started uh, to get this ball rolling when um, he himself rethought his position on marriage, and then things kind of 
kind of uh, bloom from there. In the county, um, we have focused on um, making sure that everybody has uh, equal rights when it comes to employment and when it comes to housing. Um, Hillsborough County has had an in a, in a, uh, extraordinarily bad reputation for uh, discrimination, not only against uh, LGBT individuals, but also um, going all the way back to the uh, civil rights movement against African Americans. And so, in fact, there's one point in time in our county where they actually, um, back in 2005, they actually banned um, the recognition of gay pride by, by government. And, um, and so that has caused a, an amazing amount of uh, economic uh, um, turmoil and, um, and, and has kept, I think, some of uh, uh, larger companies from wanting to engage us in economic development. Um, so over the last few years, uh, we repealed that ban, and then we also created a, 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 an amendment to our human rights ordinance that prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, we also established a domestic partnership registry that allows uh, individuals that, uh, who are in committed relationships to serve as medical surrogates and make decisions around education for one another. And um, then we've also extended um, uh, same-sex marriage as well as domestic partnership health care benefits to county employees. Um, all of that is extraordinarily important, not just for our citizens here, but also in uh, when we are looking to attract um, Fortune 500 companies and other more progressive companies into our community. Um, they want to know that their employees are going to be treated with human dignity and respect. And so... Um, we have really focused on, in the last uh, couple of years, making sure that we have built that foundation. Now, how are we doing in the private sector as it relates to making sure that all families have the same access to benefits uh, and, and, and other things that are important to having a, a, a decent life, a family life, being able uh, to not only support your family, uh, but being able to pursue those things that I believe most important, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Are you referring to um, domestic partnership benefits, or I, I'm probably being a little bit more general? But yes, I'm talking about this. Uh, what, what I'm asking is, is that uh, for any heterosexual couple or marriage, uh, are homosexual couples uh, provided the same rights in terms of benefits and, and access to uh, those things that uh, the other group has? Um, it is not 100% equal yet. Um, now, the, um, the states that recognize um, um, same-sex marriage um, and the, uh, the U.S. territories and the foreign countries that recognize that, um, employers, um, it is most likely, although not solidified yet, will have to extend the same benefits uh, to other married couples. Um, if they are not married, then there is certainly no requirement to uh, offer domestic partnership benefits. However, there are about 90% of, of Fortune 500 companies who provide domestic partnership benefits. And so the corporate world, uh, I believe, uh, has, has really gotten the importance of um, diversity in their workforce. They want to be able to attract and retain the best and the brightest. And so they realize the importance of offering equal benefits. 
Um, we, the country is continuing to progress around that issue, but we certainly have uh, quite a bit uh, a ways to go. All right, thank you, Commissioner. This is Don. I, I, you know, as I told you, I'm a fan, so I watched the, the the replay on Saturday of the show, and I noticed that uh, um, at some time during the year that you guys serve, you start to uh, uh, be assigned to or select certain boards that you want to serve on. Can you talk a little bit about that process? Uh, and and what does that mean that you're going to serve on that board? Uh, and 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 tell me what what does that entail with with as far as your what your your responsibilities and your duties? I know you happen to be on uh, one of those special, I mean, very important uh, board. Uh, is that the e, EPCA? Is that it? Yeah, the EPC. Um, all of us sit on the EPC, so we all serve on that sp- um, particular board. Uh, our boards and councils, each of us have anywhere um, typically between seven and nine different boards and councils that we sit on, and sometimes that go that can be higher or lower. Um, but uh, once a year at, in November, we have an organizational meeting. Uh, we select the uh, the leadership of the board, which is the chair, the vice chair, and the chaplain. And at that same time, um, there are roughly about 48 different boards and councils to uh, to choose from. And so we all get to go around and pick uh, the boards and councils that interest us the most. In the event that um, one picks the you know the uh, the same board as another one, and there are and there is only one slot, then the board ends up voting on uh, who gets uh, that particular slot. But for the most part, since I've been on the board, it's been pretty congenial. I wanted to ask you about uh, two of the uh, boards that you serve in in particular. I want to talk about uh, the Hillsborough Area Regional Transit Authority. Um, Tampa seems to be behind. Hillsborough County, Florida, Tampa seems to be behind in terms of our ideas about transportation and mass transportation. Can you talk about that? Where are we now, and where do you think we should be? Well, we certainly have a long ways to go to um, to uh, putting together a very robust transportation system. Um, HART is doing an extraordinary job uh, with the resources that it has, um, but unfortunately the agency itself is woefully underfunded, and um, the amount of vehicles that we have and uh, to serve the uh, um, the size of the community that we have, which is about 1.2 million people and over 1,100 square miles, uh, is just not sufficient. Um, so uh, the Board of County Commissioners recognizes this. Uh, other community leaders recognize this. Uh, so we have formulated about 18 months ago a, a policy leadership group around transportation, uh, which comprises of all of the Board of County Commissioners, uh, the mayors of our municipalities, um, as well as Hart. And so we are working together right now to, uh, on a strategic um, plan to, be, to present to the community that we think is going to be a, a sensible transportation solution. And uh, we are hoping, we, right now we're getting ready to go into the uh, public um, uh, feedback and the dialogue on the plan. So we are getting, um, uh, there's going to be about 36 uh, countywide meetings that will um, that per, uh, citizens can give their input and participate uh, in on through May, and so we are hoping then by uh, midsummer, early fall, that we will have a plan that we can will be finalized with input that we can 
um, hopefully take into um, out to the public for uh, final approval um, in uh, 2016. Um, but we've got a, quite a bit of work to do on that. But trans, transportation is one of the most uh, underfunded infrastructure infrastructures that we have in this in this county, and so it's it's one of the greatest needs that that we need to make sure that we are adequately investing in. Can you tell us about the work that you do with the Children's Board? Yeah, the Children's Board has been. Um, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, organization. A lot of people don't realize that the Children's Board um, uh, provides a great deal amount of children's services. And most of the um, the children that we're serving are zero to eight. And so they're, they're at that critical stage in life. And the Children's Board itself is funded through a, a portion of tax revenues that everybody pays into, uh, so we have a budget of roughly about $36 million a year. And, um, and again, you know, there's so many services out there that, uh, you know, that um, uh, are provided by the Children's Board that uh, without that board in place and without the, those services there, I think especially a lot of our um, kids that are in need uh, would not get uh, the appropriate services uh, that they need. So, um, again, that's probably one of the, the most amazing boards that I serve on as far as the impact that it has on the kids in our community. All right, Commissioner, we have about two and a half minutes left. So what I wanted to do at this point is to talk to you about uh, what are you going to be doing over the next two years? You're you at the halfway point of your uh, of this term, am I correct? Uh, yes, yeah. In fact, uh, we're through 2016. Okay. So are you going to be, uh, will it be necessary for you, are you term limited? I am term limited in 2016, so right now we are uh, evaluating um, some of the different opportunities. Um, as I mentioned before, um, you know, public service to me is, uh, it's exactly that. It's a, it's uh, providing a service and giving of yourself uh, uh, to your community. And so I believe, you know, if, if I'm able to find another position that I can um, um, uh, serve the community in another capacity, I will certainly do that. Um, absent that, um, I also uh, uh, have my private sector background and experience and, and can certainly move back in that arena. So I'm going to be looking at different ways that I can continue to serve the community, uh, but we haven't reached any uh, conclusive um, decisions yet. Well, we hope you find something. There are certain, certainly other offices within the county and the state that you qualify for, so we're rooting for you to find that. Can you tell me, within these next two years, as you end your term on the commission, what are some of your goals and objectives? We obviously, as I mentioned, around the Safe and Sound Hillsboro on our violence prevention plan, um, that's a five-year uh, pilot project, so uh, making sure that that uh, program has uh, the infrastructure and the leadership in place to continue on when I go. Um, also, the work around the civil citation program, um, we are doing a, um, a service evaluation and evaluation of the program, as I mentioned, so getting that complete and enhancing that program. And then also, um, you will see in the first part of March that we are going to be addressing another issue of uh, that impacts um, our community um, in a very interesting way, and uh, it has it has to do with uh, individuals that work um, and aren't compensated by their employers. 
Um, so it's, it's commonly referred to as wage theft. And so that is another big problem that we have in our community that uh, is probably another whole show to, to talk about. Um, so dealing with uh, economic injustice is also uh, um, part of my uh, plan um, to, uh, to address those issues before I leave office. Well, Commissioner, it's been a pleasure having you with us today. To our audience, you've been listening to America's Community Voices Network, and our special guest today has been Israel County Commissioner Kevin Beckner. Uh, Donald, anything you want to say? Well, I just want to commend you on your leadership, sir, on the Board of County Commissioners, and I want to urge you to continue to do what you're doing. Uh, you've been great for that Board of County Commissioners, and this is one of the best boards that I've seen, and I've seen quite a few. So that's, that's well, pretty good, and, and, and thank you for all you do. Well, thank you, Ron and Don, and thank you for those kind compliments, and I would absolutely agree that we have one of the best boards um, in years, and so that's why we've been able to get so much done. But I appreciate you all paying attention and also uh, educating your listeners out there. So, uh, again, thank you for what you do. You've been listening to Blog Talk Radio, and uh, within by the end of the day, you'll be able to listen to this program throughout the steps, stratosphere on iTunes, on Facebook, on all of the social media, and make sure you get your own copy of the program. You'll be able to, uh, we're going to distribute it throughout, uh, all over, and you'll be able to listen to it at your own convenience. Thank you again, Commissioner. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Ron and Don. Goodbye, sir. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye.